Welcome to Mind Love, episode 99. Today's episode is all about tapping into our infinite energy source. We think of energy from a very mechanical perspective, coffee, sugar, the physical kinetics of movement. But energy is more than that. There's emotional, there's mental, there's spiritual, there's kinetic, there's nuclear. There's so many levels of energy. And this energy that we're talking about is vitality itself. Another word for it is resilience or agility. There are words that describe the power to withstand naturally anything. When we up-level that bio-vital force, we don't have to try hard or at all to be optimistic. We will see that our mind naturally is. Our outlook is directly connected to that vital energy. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Hello, wild minds. How many of you feel burnt out? Same. All of us are like, every day I'm hustling, and we've got work and family and an attempt at a social life, and there's so much stimulation around us, it's exhausting, right? But why is it that some people thrive the more they have going on while other people just get by? We've talked a lot about self-care, and for good reason, because it's massively important. We have to take care of our own energy if we want to have the energy to care for others. But sometimes, even when we are caring for our energy, it still seems to run out too quickly. We do a bunch of hard stuff, we get tired, we take a break, and the recycle repeats itself day after day. You know that quote, we all have the same amount of time in a day as Oprah, or something like that. Well, the first time I heard it, it fired me up, and I started getting shit done like a total boss. And then, about three hours later, I was like, okay, we might all have the same amount of time as Oprah, but she's got a whole lot going on behind the scenes that I do not have. And then I started comparing how I was feeling to all the things Oprah's accomplished, and instead of inspiring me, it basically just knocked me right down. I guess my mindset wasn't really ready for that information. Have you ever felt that way, though? Have you ever started checking things off your to-do list and a few checks in, you realize, okay, I'm wiped. I need a glass of wine and a Gilmore Girls marathon, and I just can't until Monday. But then you turn on the TV and you see Beyonce freaking slaying it at life and think, she has been twerking for 37 minutes straight, and I have been holding my pee through three commercial breaks just so I don't have to get off this couch. And she's obviously on some solid gold supplements or like protein powders made from the dandruff of the actual baby Jesus. It's rough. But what if we have more energy than we think we do? We tend to think of our energy as this limited supply. And it makes sense, right? It's the system that most of us have been living by our whole lives. It's what we've been taught. But what if there's a deeper sense of energy that we can tap into at any moment and we just need to know how? That's what we're talking about today. 
and our guest is Rajri Patel. Rajri is a mind and meditation expert and an international self-awareness coach. And over the last 30 years, she's taught hundreds of thousands of people in more than 35 countries the ancient tools for accessing our innate source of energy and creativity. Oh, and fulfillment. Basically, all the things. And she's got some accolades. And her new book, Dave Asprey wrote the foreword, and Jason Silva is a huge fan of her, and I am a huge fan of Jason Silva, so I think you're going to love this. And I will tell you, she's definitely got some energy. So three key things we will learn are the worst habits that really do drain our natural energy, how to stop swimming upstream and instead flow with the natural order of things, and how to tap into our limitless vital force. Before we dive in, I want to make sure you know about the Morning Mind Love. It's the easiest way to start each day with a little reminder about how magical you really are. I get messages from people every single day about how the Morning Mind Love is their favorite way to start the day, or that the message that just came through is exactly what they needed to hear. Just visit mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. You'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. You'll get a free guided affirmation meditation to align your subconscious with your highest self. And you'll get a really cool booklet of Powerless so you can start getting clear on what you want and what really makes you happy. And it's all completely free. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Rajri Patel to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here with you. So I'm kind of curious about your story because you somehow transitioned from being an attorney to a mind and Vedic expert. What called <laughs> you to that transition? I wish I could say I did something about it. At least in the beginning, it was in a way the universe, you know, having a hand in it. I thought I was going to a music concert at the time. There was a famous sitarist in India name Ravi Shankar. It turns out it's a very common name in South of India. Me thinking I'm going to a music concert, I arrived and only after I arriving to what was a talk by a spiritual master, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, I just decided to stay, you know, curiosity. And, and as I said, the hand of the universe had me open a door that I could have never imagined. And, and after staying, I following weekend, I ended up doing a Vedic program, happiness program, as it's called. And it changed my life. I suddenly arrived Monday morning into the office with everything from my efficiency up leveled to the way I perceived things, to the way I connected with people. And just this general sense of happiness that really had no reason, just optimism, for whatever my day was and whatever was coming in front of me for the week. And that got me, I guess, a little greedy. And I thought, okay, I need to look into this further. And I did. I went on a silence retreat and then eventually left prosecution. That's what I was doing. I was a federal prosecutor and then at the LADA's office. And I went to India and I trained with the master for a few years. I continued to do the same. And, you know, somehow ended up in human potential instead of criminal law. And I'm so happy that I did. Okay, I have to be honest. In my 20s, if I thought that I was going to 
a Drake concert and it ended up being, I don't know, Desmond Tutu. I'm not sure I would have stayed at, le at least at that time in my life. I might have felt kind of judgmental or at least closed off. I mean, now I'd be like, yes, upgrade. <laughs> but how did you manage such a shift in expectations? Why do you think you were so open to that particular experience at that moment? I think I did what you're describing, you know, a left brain lawyer. I sat there, I judged everything, I doubted everything. And, and I think it's a healthy thing because when you start to dive inward, it needs to be your experience more than anybody else's experience or anybody else's words. So I certainly had all of that. But the thing is, there was no denying my own experience. There was just no way around it. And we all want more out of life. So this was somehow naturally taking me to more, you know, whether it was more at the office, more in my personal life, more with my own self. This idea of getting out of your own way or living your best self or best version of yourself, they're words. But if a couple of hours, nine hours of a program can suddenly have you feeling different, perceiving differently, thinking differently, then, you know, the left brain and the doubts stay, but you still keep walking. I mean, I think we have that even when we're going through what appears to be, quote, normal, like you're in college and you choose, choose a profession and you sit there all four years at some level going, is this really what I want? And perhaps that was there. But you know that there's a long term value. So I think that the commitment and my own results, but also the program that I learned was naturally up leveling me and easing my way, way into new choices, getting me out of the box without trying so hard. You know, it's, it's one of the things we do. We want more out of life and we generally lean into hard work and more effort and more thinking. And actually what I've discovered, it's just more energy, more life force, more vital force. And when that happens, you naturally get guided to a higher, better option or a higher, better good. And, and I think that was my journey for me. To me, it feels like the difference between, or I have this visual of swimming upstream or riding the flow of the water. Both will or can get you to the destination, but you're either working with or against the natural order of things. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes, yes. It's actually very beautifully said. I do think that many of us work uphill, you know, and certainly that was true for me. I was going uphill. Everything was about hard work and push and persistence and dedication. And those things are necessary and valuable. But upstream versus flowing with the waters, you get to the ocean. It's just how are you going to get there, the roundabout way or the easier way? And accessing this level of energy, this innate source of power and intelligence just puts you on the path to flow downstream rather than struggle against the waters to get to where you have to go. So why do you think it is that so many of us have this natural tendency to take the hard route to our destination all the time? <laughs> I joke that especially in my teens and 20s, I had to learn everything the hardest way possible. And I know a lot of people can relate because I hear their stories. I wasn't the type of person that was just like, 
Oh, well, there's a warning sign. Thank you for putting that there. Let me take heed. I was driving full speed headfirst into the warning sign just to read it a little bit closer. (laughs) So why do you think so many of us do that same thing? Well, I mean, I I don't think that that's our natural tendency. I think it's sort of the way we're hardwired and conditioned because that's just the way the world moves. You know, all our attention if you look at our education, 12 you know, years until high school, four more years of university and potentially grad school, all of our education, all of our training is around only what we see, touch and feel. And if you have to move matter, meaning objects and things, and you're only focused in on the outside, then it makes sense that effort is needed. You know, the hard work and effort is needed for everything inside or outside. And of course, We give our best. But the funny thing is different rules of success apply for different aspects of us. So like you want things to be great in the environment, you want things to be great with your body, then you have to work hard, meaning movement and energy and expansion and effort is required. But if you want your mind to be calm or if you want your emotions to be clear and, and loving and peaceful and connected, those two faculties, you don't work hard. It's not about try hard, think hard, because the harder you think, the further you get from efficiency and clarity and so on and so forth. So I really think it's a matter of connecting to something bigger than just effort. Both together make life so much easier. Effort and allowing life to sort of open the doors for you and letting the abundance that life wants to give you guide you there. And that isn't what we do. And I think it's just because we're conditioned that way. Our schools, our families, our world guides us into thinking that. And I just think it's one of the biggest kind of lie that we buy into. And I don't think it needs to be that way. And I've seen that with hundreds of thousands of people. They take a nine-hour course and then suddenly say, oh my God, My life is so much simpler and easier. I invite things into my life rather than having to run after things. And that's a matter of your vibration, your energy, your frequency and resonance that you put out to people and situations. I can totally attest to that because for one, I'm still learning that balance. But I think it's really easy to forget because... As you said, so many people around us are conditioned with the idea that we have to work so hard or we have to swim upstream. But now that I'm doing what I feel so called to do, so often I'll just feel like something has clicked into place. Like these opportunities start moving towards me or my podcast starts growing or something will just happen that's seemingly a coincidence, but it feels like this magical alignment. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. I know this already. I know that this is how the universe works. But there's a difference between just studying it and really living it and feeling it. Because when you found it, it's like, oh, there's the proof. And I think the problem is that a lot of people just haven't experienced that kind of alignment in a way that they've been able to tangibly feel. I have always been someone who's prioritized wellness. Well, at least what I understood about it at the time, which has definitely evolved. But now I live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when I lived in L.A., 
Then I found aloe moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content, since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher-focused content. They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today. What you got? (laughs) They have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Aloe Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. EstroControl is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way EstroControl eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. EstroControl was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. EstroControl is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings, and EstroControl is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code MINDLOVE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code MINDLOVE for 15% off your first order. So I'm curious, when did you discover that? Like, what has convinced you over your 30 years of experience that there is really more to us than what we just feel with our senses? <laughs> I think that in some ways, it's a very difficult question to answer. And in another way, it's kind of so obvious because you see like between parent and children or, or couples or friends or family there's a sense of more than what we say, you know, internally within ourselves. There's a very clear sense that I'm more than the roles that I play, whether I'm a daughter or a lawyer, a wife or, you know, a mother. I'm much more than the roles that I play. I'm much more than the achievements I have in front of me. Of course, we want to achieve. And of course, there's some level of identity to all those things. But If I ask, and I have over the years, 35 years of traveling, 
I ask a thousand people in a room, are you living your full potential? Even when I talk to a Fortune 500 CEO who seemingly has everything, I say, are you at your level best in living your full potential? The answer is always no. Why? Because innate, who we are at our center, at our essence is far, far, far bigger than, as you said, what we see, touch, and feel. The only thing is we never connect to it. We never really take the time to explore who we really are beyond the roles and the responsibilities and the achievements and the opinions and the likes and the dislikes. And for me, what I discovered is as I started to meditate, as I started to do some tools and techniques, I realized, wait, no matter what my senses could measure, it's never enough. I'm much more than that. And we can look at it from a scientific perspective or just from our own experience. If we break it down scientifically, we're not just this one big mass of body. We're energy. Everything about us is energy. We come into the world, we take a breath in, and it's how we energize ourselves. If we look at our mind and our central nervous system, it functions through neurons and the electrical communication between neurons and the gaps. So all of our system is electricity. It's not a solid mass. And when we start to see that, and when we start to really up-level that quality of energy, then you naturally see, oh my God, I'm more than what I think, and I'm more than what's in front of me. And there's this infinite amount of potential and possibility in me. And so what it does, and what it did for me is, it changes the way I risk, changes the way I go for things. You know, I think you said it best, when you found your sort of calling, meaning you listen to your inner voice, something in you clicked in to say, I get it. And this is it. And I'm going to go for it. And that power is innate. And when we access it, then everything flows. Then we see that we're far bigger than anything we do. And there's so much more that's possible. What's so interesting to me is that there's so many ancient traditions, whether it's ancient Indian traditions or ancient Chinese traditions, all the Eastern traditions <laughs> that had the sense that there was something more. And for me, it feels like in America, we kind of stifled that for a really long time, other than the Western religion of Christianity. That was the one acceptable practice. But now it feels like the science is finally starting to well, at first it felt like the science was disproving spiritual practices, but now as we're learning more and getting deeper into those studies like quantum physics, it seems like finally the science and the spirituality are merging in a way. It's like, here it is. Here's this deeper level of how you can kind of get a glimpse of it, of the spirituality within the scientific world. Is that how you feel? 100%. Yeah. And I keep reminding myself that this is an amazing time to be alive. It's so easy to focus on all the things going wrong with the world. But for me, I love having an evidence-based background to something that's something more than just, no, this is the faith. You have to just believe. But I want to have something more than that, something more grounded in what I can really feel. So it is cool to be living at this time and to see, wow, it's catching up. I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, just because of that reason, right? I was a left brain lawyer. I couldn't just jump into it and say, oh, well, I have faith. My experience had to be 
my own sort of proof. And then as I started to travel around and I saw the impact it was having on hundreds of thousands of people from every walk of life, it became that much more quote, concrete or proof. But then I started to dig into consciousness and the way physics today looks at it. I went as far back as like Newtonian physics to Einstein to Planck and Tesla. We see that today it's been proven in so many different ways. And the book really addresses the science behind consciousness, behind this force, you know, that Eastern wisdom has so freely spoken about. And and to your point, in for whatever reason, you know, the West evolved in another direction. And so we lost track of this innate connection. And what I see is perhaps your listeners have heard about it. A lot of people certainly know about it. This idea of an observer effect. It's been proven so many times in the realm of quantum physics, where when a scientist observes an experiment, the results of the experiment change. In other words, the intentionality of the observer, the attention of the observer, creates a particle form, meaning we see the particle in front of us in the experiment. But when the experimenter takes his or her attention away, the intentionality away, then that particle exists more as infinite possibilities as a wave. And so at least on that quantum level, we can deduce that by clear intention, we co-create the reality we want. And in fact, what are we made up of? What is our body made up of? What is our mind made up of? What is the matter in front of us made up of? Nothing but quantum particles. And so it is possible with clear intention and by connecting to that power, we restructure and we can reorganize the particles in our body to heal and in our environment to create what we want. In fact, it's the idea of saying we can be a co-creator of the life within us and around us because we're nothing more than trillions and trillions of atoms and electrons and protons. The only thing is, we don't have our intentionality, our attention on it. Where's our attention? Outside. Only on the things we touch, see, and feel. Clearly, I'm more than my body. I'm mind, and I'm a body. I'm energy, and I'm mass. I'm love, emotion, feeling, as much as I'm an intellect. And what we have to do is look inward, put attention on the small essence of us as much as we do the concrete external side of us. I don't know if that was clear, but you see what I'm saying, yes? Definitely. It's like we already know that our current states of mind or just the mood that we're in can determine how we experience a situation. Like if we're in a bad mood, we might take one situation in a completely different way than if we were in a good mood. For example, One thing could be a totally hilarious joke if I'm in a good mood or if I'm in a bad mood, I might take complete offense to the exact same thing. And so if that particle you're talking about exists as a wave, that means that all of the possibilities are existing right there, waiting for the observer to ground it into that moment. And so who's to say how much that one observer has to play part in what the outcome is going to be. Like if there were a different observer with a totally different state of mind, 
would they affect the outcome to be totally different? Which is why it's just so important to get control over our states of mind and what intention that we're bringing into the present moment, because that has a huge effect on the outcome. Am I right? Absolutely. I love how you capture the conversation in such a beautiful way. It's 100% the case. The simplest and the most clearest example, glass half full or half empty. And then there's the third option, which is it's full, half with water and half with air. Our perception, thought comes first, how we perceive and observe that situation, how we act on it, right? Because it creates an emotion. If you see something negatively, half empty, we'll see that our emotions are also in that direction. And then therefore the actions we take and what we invite into our life is just that low hertz, low frequency, low vibe or low energy. I mean, everything in a sense is beyond our words. It's beyond our actions. It's really our vibe. So if we can impact our vibe, which is our perception at some level, our outlook at another level, then we change how we think, how we feel, how we act, including the results that we produce. One thing you said a few minutes ago was how you were digging into self-help. And it kind of reminded me of the concept we were talking about earlier of swimming upstream versus floating with the stream. And something I think that is so important that I have to constantly remind myself too is that so often we think we need to improve ourselves. And it's actually right there in the word self-improvement when really we already have that value. We already are amazing. We were born that way. This is our birthright. And we just need to remember, realize how amazing that we already are in the first place and allow ourselves to be able to access that. 100% actually, that's the theory and the wisdom behind Vedanta. So Vedanta is the ancient wisdom of India and Buddhism and so much of the conversation today. If we look back, whether it was Einstein and, and Tesla and Planck, they all sort of had roots in that wisdom because the wisdom says that at our essence, we're perfection, meaning there isn't anything lacking. We are born whole and complete. If we look at babies, the way they come in, they don't have a reason to be joyful. They just are a bundle of joy. They weigh about seven pounds with earth, water, fire, air, mass, but they weigh about 500 pounds in terms of joy and enthusiasm and energy and excitement and acceptance and confidence and connection. They simply look out of their eyes with wholeness, with completeness. And then as we get older, two, three, four years old, slowly that quality gets covered it's not that it leaves us it's not like you can take the sweetness out of the sugar cane it's just a cloud in front of the sun in a sense and so that's what starts to happen we get pleasant unpleasant experiences belief systems assumptions everything starts to develop and they create a cloud in front of the sun the essence that we are and so what Vedanta says is, you don't have to work hard. There's nothing that needs fixing. All we need to do is just move the cloud. Let the warmth of the sun evaporate the cloud. And it's so easily possible. And that's sort of the trick and the tools of Vedanta. It gives endless number of 
methodologies, everything from as simple as breath to self-transcending meditation. It comes from that system. Yoga is, of course, a series and system of exercise, but it's really designed to bring us back to our peace, our sense of who we are at our core. And so a daily reminder that I'm more than what I see, touch, and feel. I'm more than what I think I am. I'm more than my belief system. Just at the end of, you know, you brush your teeth, you wash your face, you look in the mirror, you look past the facial features, and you sort of connect with your own eyes and the spirit in the eyes, and you just have a sense that there's so much more to me, and as I am, there's perfection. The thoughts may not be The emotions may not be, but behind these eyes, there is perfection. And what that does is it kind of creates a neuroplasticity of awareness, of self-acceptance. And from that place of positivity, we go out into our day and create more for our life. So I, I really couldn't agree with you more that who we are doesn't need fixing. What we just need to do is move the periphery out of the way, the circumference out of the way. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words, living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund, minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. 
The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. I really love that daily reminder, especially for the women out there, because I know for a long time and even now, when I look in the mirror, my first instinct is to just see the surface. And even more so, it's to pinpoint all the flaws and to see what I don't like about myself and to wish that, oh, if only my chin was a little bit straighter, if only I could lose that last five pounds, like, what do I think then? I deserve love. Like, what is that? <laughs> and so that's turned into my life's work is to start tuning into the things that I love about myself and not just physical, but my own radiance and my energy and my intelligence and the value that I really bring beyond that surface level. So as we are giving ourselves those daily reminders, how do we really start to access our deeper potential that's at the core of all of us? in a way that's really integrated into our lives. You know what? I know that in these moments, really what we want is an activity, a way to recenter, if I were to simplify it. And there are many tools. And in my new book, you can find lots and lots of tools. But let me just share something to the listeners right now. For one thing, as easy and as trite as it might sound, people don't realize it, but our breath, which is right under our nose, has the ability to move that sort of self-talk, that self-judging talk that says, I'm not enough, or I need to do more, and oh my God, I made that mistake, where we get caught up in the past and the future and the worry and the anxiety of it. Your breath is connected to your thinking apparatus, to our cognitive functions. And by just taking conscious breath, at very discerning moments in our day, we are able to really flip how we see that glass, half full or half empty. And one of the things I would invite the listener to do is to do just three times a day, just to start with that. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, take a long 10 breath in and out. And when I say long, I mean, you breathe in as much as you can, and when you think you can't breathe anymore, you have to push the envelope and breathe in just a little longer and then very quickly release the breath. You do that 10 times. Why? One is we complete a sleep cycle that we started because most of us don't complete our sleep cycle as adults. The alarm goes off or we have to get up or maybe we didn't sleep well in the first place. A lot of people talk about sleeping where they feel like they were thinking all night. So if we get up, it's pure science. They will find it in the book. 
we can, through the breath, go from sympathetic, meaning that negative self-talk, stress response, fear, freeze, to parasympathetic, calm, peaceful, loving, radiant self. That state, through breath. And the trick is elongate it and do 10 breaths. Again, first thing in the morning. The second place I would say to do it is just before lunchtime. Our digestion, our gut, our biome, everything is tied to our central nervous system, our brain. There's a deep connection between what we call the gut and intuition, instinct, and raw emotion. And oftentimes we sit down to eat and we rush in with the stress response. Oh my God, I don't have time. I got to get to this. I got to do that. This deadline, I didn't do that well. There's all that noise that's going on. 10 breaths while you're waiting for your food to arrive or while you're waiting for a friend to arrive. Just do 10 again, long conscious breath in and out. It will change the pH, the way you digest, the way you allow the flora of your gut to flourish, which then affects your overall health and well-being and energy. And the last thing I would say is as you enter sleep, it doesn't take any time. Nobody needs to know you're doing it. Just as you enter sleep, again, do those 10 long breaths. And as easy, as trite, as simple as it sounds, it is the way nature feeds us. Through our breath, we became alive. And through our breath, we can release the negativity that we hold on to, but nobody's ever taught us, not at home, not at school, that there is this precious tool we're walking around with. And I really, I would invite the listener to just practice this, just see what it does. It's amazing. It's a tool you can use at home in activity while you're sitting in a board meeting, while you have to make a presentation or just before you get on to make a presentation. And every time you recenter, you kind of change the vibe. You sort of go back and reconnect to your deeper inner essence rather than the surface self-talk that's often negative. I love that tip because just last week we were talking about how much of our life we miss out on because we put it on autopilot. And so there are the things that are supposed to be on autopilot, like our heartbeat or our breathing. But that doesn't mean that we can't bring more conscious awareness to it, really focus on it and give it intention and improve that given thing. And not even just for that moment, but if we make that a habit, we can improve the way we do that ongoing. We can improve the way our autopilot handles it. So I've been focusing on that with breathing. A lot of times I'll realize throughout my day that I haven't really been taking deep breaths, especially if I'm stressed out or I'm anxious and I stop. I've trained myself now to stop in that moment and focus on my breath. And often is the case that I am not breathing in fully. I'm not really giving my body the best thing that it needs in that moment. Way back in episode nine, I think it was, we talked about the Wim Hof technique. And basically, there's this man who's broken all of these world records of like a two-hour ice bath and climbing Mount Everest in his shorts, all crediting this breathing technique he uses that allows us to give our body more oxygen. And it really goes to show you how capable we are if we're really giving our body what it needs. So I just want to stress to listeners out there that even if you hear something as simple as focusing on the breathing, 
there is a science behind it and it's really, really impactful. There's just so many things that we do, not just our breathing, but in our day-to-day lives on autopilot that drains this natural, vital energy that you're talking about. So what do you think are some of the worst habits that we really do to drain our natural energy? (laughs) It's true. You know, breathing is supposed to be innate. It's natural. It happens by itself. But Actually, the reality is most people, because we're constantly moving in a stress response, we hold our stomach, our navel, and we really don't breathe naturally. We have shortened our breath. So that's one of the worst habits that we've taken on. And in Vedanta, what we say is through the breath, you invite the power of life in. And I don't mean just oxygen. I mean the power of life, like what? Kung Fu Panda or Star Wars or The Matrix might talk about this notion of a force of a loving energy that wants to do nothing but serve you. And it comes in through the breath. It's the fragrance of the flower, not the stem, not the petal, but the unseen energy. It's the only word for it. So that's number one. We generally breathe with a very short breath. And that actually keeps us away from our center and puts us more into the mind moving in the past or future. Another bad habit is we repeat within our system what isn't working for us, not what is working for us. If you look, our thoughts predominantly are either about what happened yesterday in the past or what might happen in the future, tomorrow or a year from now. And yes, past brings the joy, the nostalgia that we had, But we don't really spend a lot of time there. Where we spend a lot of time with is what didn't work in the past. The anger, the regret, the guilt or blame that comes with that is what moves our system. And when we're in the future, we're excited, we're enthusiastic. But very soon, that excitement is fear or anxiety or nervousness around the uncertainty of the future. And what is that doing? That's not our essence. That's not our true nature. That's the periphery, the electron around the center, the proton or the positive charge. So that's another sort of habit. We also are hardwired towards negativity. Ten positive things, one negative. What we remember is the negative. You know, the news is filled with negative message. And today I'm so excited about these kinds of things like what you're doing, where we really spend a positive message out there and connect people to be inspired And so it's a conscious effort that we have to make to say, wait, there's more than just what happened yesterday or what happened tomorrow. How do I bring myself back to this present moment? What happened yesterday may not happen. So these kinds of habits that we walk around with puts us in a mode of resistance. If I ask anybody, are you someone who's committed to being happy in your life, where you're leaning into life? Or are you making sure you're not unhappy, something unpleasant doesn't happen? Though the two sound the same, and though we're often quick to say, I'm committed to being happy, if we really look, we're avoiding discomfort or mistakes or failure. So it's another habit that we've developed where we don't give ourselves permission to risk and to make a mistake. Mistake is not a negative thing. We have to flip that tendency around and see it as, oh my God, it's taught me a lesson. I know what direction I have to go to. So 
a daily habit of looking in, which I think your listeners do. It's what you're all about also. But looking in with the sense that I'm, as I am, whole and complete. Let me operate from that place. A daily reminder of that is as necessary as the breathing that we're talking about. It's part of life. I love that you stress a daily reminder because the more things that we can make an actual practice and build into our lifestyle, that's when it really becomes a part of us. But one thing I'm curious about is I have talked a lot about the brain's negativity bias. You know, you hear about it in psychology. We have this survival mechanism that our brain will naturally gear towards the negative unless we're intentional about it and we steer it in a new direction. Basically, we have to pave the path for this positive lifestyle. And I know for me that anything that I practice regularly does become easier. But how do you get it to shift from just making it a little bit easier, like building the muscle to actually shifting to that alignment that we were talking about where everything flows so effortlessly. Because when you really think about this daily practice and always having to be intentional about it, that is still work. When does it start to feel effortless? What I'm really suggesting and kind of guiding to is when our life force, when our vital force is high, we naturally don't have to try to remind ourselves to be positive or optimistic. We are. And when our energy, our battery, and we're running on low or empty, then no matter how much we try to remind ourselves, how much we want to be positive, it becomes difficult. Our mind goes into the negative mode. It's kind of like a cell phone or a computer, if you don't plug it in on some regular basis, if you don't give it the juice that it needs, by the time it gets to 10%, we notice that you don't hear the other person as well. The apps slow down. There's a glitch in the hard drive in the operating system, right? The same is true for us. We think of energy from a very mechanical perspective, coffee, sugar, the physical kinetics of movement. But energy is more than that. There's emotional, there's mental, there's spiritual, there's kinetic, there's nuclear. There's so many levels of energy. And this energy that we're talking about is vitality itself. Another word for it is resilience or agility. There are words that describe the power to withstand naturally anything. And so when we up-level that bio-vital force, we don't have to try hard or at all to be optimistic. We will see that our mind naturally is. Just flip into a daily awareness and you'll see when you're tired, when anyone is tired, they get more complaining, more negative. Little things bother us more. And when we've had a good rest, then somehow we let things fall off us. Somehow the person who pushes our buttons seems not so bad that day. Our outlook is directly connected to that vital energy. And when we're born, we have a huge amount of it. The battery's full. A baby or a five-year-old can tire out 10 adults. And they don't have coffee and they don't have sugar. They have barely, you know, a, a little mashed pea and a potato. But the gurgle, the sound, the care, the connection, the power is 
enough to bring a house down. And we can reclaim that power. We just have never been taught. And really, that's what I'm guiding the listener to and saying is possible. And I really invite people to pre-order the book because it comes with an 11-session online course, which gives lots of tools and techniques. It guides the listener to say, do this without anybody even knowing it. And you see how you start to bring in, quote, the real juice, not the movement that we get through just coffee and just sugar and, and pushing our way through and the adrenal response. So I think that that statement, you know, vitality means optimism. And vitality is a state of energy that is innate to us. If we can absorb that idea, I think we would transform everything we want to do and uplevel everything in our life. Right. We live in this age of the hustle where, you know, it's every day we're hustling and Gary Vee talks about not sleeping and taking the red eye and burnout is almost celebrated. We talk about how tired we are, how work drained us, even the internet drains us. And all these things steal the energy that we've been taught is our only energy that we have. But what I'm hearing you say is this vital force energy or the vitality at our core is really this different type of energy that's limitless that we've never really been taught to tap into. Yes. Yes. It's kind of what feeds your soul in a way. Maybe you have to see it like that, right? It's the energy that is innate to us that is not dependent on any external source. And the only proof for this moment is to see that when we come into the world, we come in with that juice, that energy, that power. It gets over time, drained over 30 years, 40 years, 10 years. It just depends on how much we, quote, push our system and don't plug into that source of energy. And so it is an innate power that we have that is around us, in us, and there's a way to connect to it, to relate to it, to access it, to invite it, and to live from that place. No matter what's going on, like ups and downs in life are part of life. I can just speak for myself personally. In the last year and a half, there have been so many incidences and events that have required a lot of power, a lot of energy, a lot of attention. Everything from three different pipe leaks to having to move out of a house to remodel to a father passing, my mother's health, just endless number of things. I don't drink coffee. I'm not a white sugar person. But what I notice is I have a way to access things the energy that we're talking about. And in the middle of all those things, I could get a book done in eight months, get it to a publisher, produce an online course. And now here I am sharing the message about it because it can help so many people. I've seen what it's done for me and hundreds of thousands of people. So it's this thing that I'm talking about that is available to us in us and around us, like blinking an eye. We just have to know how to do it. Yes. And all my women out there, especially, I know we tend to put other people first. I know a lot of men who do the same thing, including my husband. But it's just so important to remember that 
the best way to show up for everyone around you is to first show up for yourself, to take care of that energy yourself. So say we are taking those deep breaths every morning and evening, like you said, really nourishing our bodies and giving it the oxygen that it needs. And then even throughout our day, we're reminding ourselves to focus on the optimism and the glass being half full. You said that there are 11 tools that you teach in your book. So I'd love if you could share one more before we sign off today, if you're open to that, to give people something to really focus on this week. Absolutely. There is a chapter called Your Inner Superpowers, and it talks about five superpowers that harmonize life with others and five superpowers that harmonize our own life with ourselves. And these are innate. For instance, abundance is a quality, right? That's innate to us. It's something that we have when we use it, when we connect to it, when we relate ourselves as being an abundant power, we invite more of it. So there's one superpower that I'd love to get a listener to connect to, and that is the power of non-resistance. It goes back to what I'd mentioned earlier. We often don't lean into life. We're not really saying I want to be happy and I'm going to go for it. What we're really saying is I want to make sure nothing uncomfortable happens. Nothing goes wrong. I want to make sure I don't get hurt. I want to make sure my kids don't get hurt. I want to make sure those are all fine, but we base our choices out of fear rather than out of leaning into it. So there is this superpower called non-resistance. As children, we don't have any kind of resistance. It's our nature. We learn to be resistant. It's required. And so what I'd ask the reader to invite into their life is to end the day or begin the day with this idea of anything is possible. Let me see what happens. Anything is possible. So when someone brings an idea or an opportunity or a situation in front of us, instead of immediately saying no or but or "Mm, I'm not sure, our words have a lot of power, they have a lot of meaning. They hardwire our brain in a certain way just to say out loud as a practice, if nothing else, let me see. Let me see what is possible. Oh, that's interesting. I invite new possibilities into my life. If you say a sentence from non-resistance in whatever way comes to you, you'll see that something new opens up. The consciousness opens up. It relaxes and invites more energy more power and more willingness to risk. So it's an amazing sort of simple tool to walk about in your day when something happens to just say, let me see. Oh, I invite new possibilities into my life. Let me see what this is going to be. That's interesting. I'll check it out. Instead of, no, it's not my thing. I don't know. Because that's a conditioned, habituated response. And it doesn't open new doors. It actually closes them. That's such a powerful reminder. And sometimes these mindset shifts sound so simple when we're saying them out loud, but that's really the thing. Sometimes the power to change your entire life is just in the decision and the commitment to try to think in a new way. And then everything falls into place. So thank you for reminding us some of these simple little truths. And I'll be linking to your book in the show notes. So for listeners who want to learn more about you, where else can they connect with you online? So they can certainly go to my social media by Rajshree. So B-Y and then my first name, R-A-J-S-H-R-E-E. 
also can go on my website, rajshripatel.com. And I really, again, there's a pre-order bonus, $525 value of an 11-session online course that really guides the listeners through different tools and techniques on how to really connect to this innate power that we are. So I invite people, and it was such an honor speaking with you. Thank you so much for being an instrument for this positive message for all of us. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 099. I can't believe we're on episode 99 already. For those of you guys that have been around since the beginning, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I am so grateful. And for those of you that haven't connected with me on Instagram yet, please connect with me at mindlovemelissa. I've been loving interacting with you guys. I, I've said this in a few other episodes, but I've been sending a lot of you guys voice messages and really just getting a feel for the things going on in your lives so that I can deliver the best content possible. So nothing's too small to write me. I absolutely love hearing from you guys. Even if you're sending me a picture of your breakfast, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to hear from you. So connect with me at Mind Love Melissa. And coming up soon, I'm going to start doing some contests and randomly picking some followers for some free one-on-one coaching. So you definitely want to connect with me there. Plus, every now and then, Maverick Danger, my adorable tiny dog, makes a debut, and you definitely don't want to miss that. So my biggest takeaway from this episode is just remembering our innate power, remembering that we are truly awesome and magical and spiritual, whether we believe in a spiritual practice or not, we have a spirit. There is more going on than meets the eye. And when we we remember that we have the ability to tap into that source, whether it's through meditation, through the breath, through just mindful awareness, it can have a huge impact on our lives. One thing I've been thinking about lately is an episode back in, I think, episode 63 with Elizabeth Benton. She was talking about how she lost this significant amount of weight, right? And how she did it was just by starting to think, what would a healthy person do right now? How would a healthy person choose? And something about that has been resonating with me over the last few weeks because there's been moments that I have felt a little bit burnt out or I have just wanted to sit and binge Netflix. But I thought to myself, what would Natalie do? What would Ashley do? Those are two of my badass friends. Or what would Oprah do? Or what would Beyonce do? I don't care. Whatever works for you. It seems so simple. And when we're just thinking of it on the surface level, it is simple. But I had this moment in meditation where I tried to take that to a deeper level and actually picture my mind shifting, like moving over a notch out of the grooves that I've been digging in my entire life and just starting a new one and realizing that, yes, there's this huge pull. There are these voices in my head that are saying, eat all the cookies or (laughs) be super lazy or drink that bottle of wine. But if we really fully commit to that new groove, it's almost like we're stepping into a different person that's still ourselves, but it's our new life. We are 
pivoting our future from the road that that one groove was going to take us down to this new higher road and the power of visualization and really committing to that new choice or committing to wanting to be that new person and stopping the excuses had a profound impact on that moment. So connect with me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa. I want you to use this technique and tell me how you used it. And you know, when you share your progress, those things tend to stick more because the more you share what you're doing, the more that becomes part of your identity and it's our self-image that really drives our behavior. So I'm so excited to hear from so many of you on Instagram this week, if I didn't drill that in enough. And otherwise, please rate and review and subscribe and share and all the things tell a coworker, a friend, a family member who needs to hear this episode. And thanks for giving your mind a little love today. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with mind love. Head to mindlove.com 